Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. This is today's Bible class, a short Bible study, about 13 minutes only, but that keeps us in God's Word every day, seven days a week. And that's important because faith comes, develops, and grows through the Word of God, Romans 10 and verse 17. So we encourage you always to share these short studies with everybody you can through through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means, with family members, friends, work associates, neighbors, with literally everybody you can. You know people in your life who need to change their life spiritually. They need to come to God through Jesus Christ. They need to grow in their faith. You may help somebody turn their life around and ultimately get to heaven. A great blessing for them, but also a great blessing for you. So make that commitment and start sharing today and every day with everybody you can. We're going to conclude our line of thought and study talking about a particular heart problem, and that's hatred. Now again, when people talk about, I just, I, I, I love her with all my heart. I love him with all my heart. I just feel in my heart that such and such is right. They're, they're, even though they may be clutching their chest over where their heart is inside their chest, that's not the heart that they're really talking about. That's just a muscle that pumps blood through our circulatory system throughout our body every minute, every hour, every day, as long as we live. What they're talking about really is their mindset, their conscience, their emotions, their spirit, their spiritual being. That's what they're really talking about with all of their being, with all of their, their, their focus. That's, that's what they're talking about when they're talking about their heart, their moral being. I love someone with all my heart. I believe something with all of my heart. I feel with all of my hearts this or that. Well, what is hatred? And that is a heart problem. Hatred is a heart problem. It, it is generated within the heart. Again, not that muscle, but within our moral conscience, within our spiritual being, within our mindset, we allow it to first develop and then to fester and grow and grow stronger and uglier all along. And then ultimately, hatred that is left unchecked, left not dealt with, is destructive. As we said, it's destructive to the one who is hated, but it is also destructive. It's a two-edged sword, as we've emphasized. The other edge of that sword paints, points right back to the hater, the one who hates the person who is hated. So it can be destructive to the one who is hated, but it also is destructive to the one who hates. It can eat them up like an acid or like a cancer. We need to put hatred out of our heart. If a person wants to be in heaven for all of eternity with God and Christ and the Holy Spirit, he can't go there with hatred in his heart toward his fellow man or toward a brother or sister in Christ. He's got to go there having put that out of his heart. And that's not just a spoken thing. It is put into practice by the way he acts. Now, we've talked about hatred and how, how destructive it is both to the person who is hated, but also to the hater, the one who hates. And it's condemned continually through scriptures. Again, left unchecked, hatred will often become violent and even will lead a person to murder. 
how Cain slew his brother Abel was an example of that. He hated his brother. I think we we were to understand he was angry, and that angry left unchecked led to the development of hatred. Joseph's brothers hated him to the point that they were ready to kill him, literally, but instead they sold him into slavery and deceived their father into thinking that a wild beast had attacked him and eaten him. And then we looked at two sons of David, the king of Israel. Absalom, one son, hated his half-brother Amnon and plotted to have him murdered and went through with that plot, that plan. Well, hatred is condemned continually throughout the scriptures. Again, there's no room in the life, in the heart of a person who wants to live a faithful Christian life for hatred to abide. He has to put that away. How do we overcome hatred? We talked about it. Think of hatred as a poison, and it is. It'll poison a person's life. And I'm not talking about the person who is hated. I'm talking about the person who hates. It will poison his life or her life. What's the antidote? The only antidote? Love. Love. Now, somebody would say, well, how can I love somebody I've hated for so many years? You have to make up your mind. See, we think of love as an emotion, purely an emotion, virtually. We might say compassion, but it's, it's, we, we look at it from an emotional perspective, almost completely. Now, there's a dedication there, a commitment there that develops. But that, see, becomes less emotion and more of a mindset, a determination. And so how can I love somebody I've hated for years? I have to make up my mind. That's called agape love. Agape love is the highest form of love in the Greek language in which the New Testament scriptures were written. It's not a love that is driven primarily by emotions or feelings. It is a love that is determined. It is a mindset. I will love you. Well, I hate you. Okay, but I'm still going to love you. I've made up my mind to love you. No matter what you may do or what you may say or how you may treat me, I'm still going to love you. That's my mindset. Now, we need to understand that. We have to make up our minds. But even even within our own family at times, we have to have that kind of love to have the love we have for them abide or continue. Because even family members treat each other despitefully sometimes. How many times does a a parent have to still bear with that child who has become very disrespectful, disobedient, even maybe destructive in the relationship with with their parents, but they still love their child. They don't approve of their behavior. They take steps to discipline that child, but they still love them, even when they're rebellious and disrespectful and disobedient, mean spirited to their parents the parents still love that child. He who loves his brother abides in the light, 1 John 2 and verse verse 10. Now, again, this is a love by will, and love is the antidote to hatred. If we're going to get bitten by a poison serpent, we want to find an antidote to negate the effect of that poison. 
Love is the antidote to hatred. It is not always easy to love other people, especially certain individuals. Even at times, some of our brothers and sisters in Christ, or even some of our family, biological family members. But the love that will overcome hatred is not based primarily on emotion. It's not necessarily a love that is always easy. It is a love by will. It is determined love. A person exhibits agape love because he believes it is the right thing to do, not because he is necessarily compelled to love that person by emotion. Agape love is extended even to the unlovable. (laughs) Look at God's love for us as human beings. Sinful, disobedient to God, in many cases rebellious against God, in some cases disbelievers, but he still loves us enough to have sent his son to die on that cross to pay the price for the guilt of our sins so that we could have the opportunity to be redeemed, forgiven, saved, have eternal life with him in heaven. A person exhibits agape loves because, again, he thinks it is the right thing. He believes with all of his heart it's the right thing to do. It, it, it is not characterized by a touchy-feely kind of nature that is so common to love as we commonly think about it in our lives today, but it is based not primarily on emotion, but it is based on a mindset, a determination. I know that I need to love that person. And because I know I need to love that person, I will love them in spite of all the negatives from them that come my way. I'm not going to let me bring them down, bring, I'm not going to let them bring me down to their level. Agape love can require a great deal of work and focus and prayer. And often it's thankless on the part of the one receiving it toward the one extending it. But the results, oh, they can be very profound. The Apostle Paul listed qualities of such love in his beautiful treatise on love in 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. And the love that he is, the word that he is is using for love there is agape, agape love. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy, he wrote. Love does not parade itself. Love is not puffed up. Love does not rejoice in iniquity. Love rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. Love never fails. 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. If we will incorporate these characteristics into our love for others, particularly toward our brothers and sisters in Christ and even our biological family members, We cannot help. We cannot help but be better for it. And we'll probably, almost certainly, make a difference for good in the lives of others. Certainly such quality of love leaves no room for hatred. And and indeed, exhibiting such love towards others could even melt the hatred in their hearts toward us if they bear such hatred toward us. We would do well to follow Paul's admonition to walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. 
Galatians 5 and verse 16. And hatred is a lust of the flesh that the devil tries to instill within us, tries to get us to embrace. Shortly thereafter, Paul launched into a lengthy discourse on the works of the flesh. And one of those works of the flesh he lists as hatred. He states that these will keep a person out of heaven. Galatians 5, verses 19 through 21. Now, I have asked a number of times through this line of study, do you hate somebody? Do you have hatred in your heart towards somebody? Do you believe that you cannot love a certain person or maybe a group of people? Do you want to be in heaven or do you want to be in hell? Is hatred toward anybody for any reason worth losing your soul over? Is it worth spending eternity in the punishment and torments of hell? Paul's emphasis is, at least in part, that living the spiritual lives that God has instructed us to live will naturally, naturally eliminate living the kinds of lifestyles that will put our eternal salvation in jeopardy. If we're doing what's right consistently, then there's no, no, no room for us to do wrong. If we will develop and live by the love that God has instructed us to live by in his word, that love will by its very nature leave no room for hatred in our hearts toward anybody. Truly, love is the antidote for hatred. Why don't you contact us through our website, churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com, and ask for the free Bible study that we'll offer. Get into God's Word. That'll help you put hatred out of your heart. It'll help you learn the love of God that you then can exemplify before others in your life. Or you can phone us at 402-498-8397. 402-498-8397. We hope to hear from you soon. Let's pray. Father, thank you for loving us, and thank you for your example of love. Help us to put that into our hearts, into our lives, for everyone around us, even the unlovable. Please forgive us, gracious Father, and hear our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.